0: Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom-sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today we're touching on the question of how to stay motivated after a setback. It's common when you're recovering from an eating disorder to have one setback after another, after another, after another, after another, I could keep going and that is why it's so exhausting. Oh my gosh, I totally understand the feeling of just disappointment and discouragement and being demotivated. Like, when am I ever going to get this? When is it ever going to stop? When am I actually going to experience progress that sticks? And this whole aspect about getting up again and again and again, this is the resilience factor that makes a huge difference in the recovery process. I always like to say recovery is achieved when you can go from one setback to another without a loss of enthusiasm. Sure, you can have momentary losses of enthusiasm saying like, I don't know, I'm going to have a freaking breakdown. What's going on? This is too much for me. I can't handle this. And that's okay. That's where you can break down and then the breakthrough is always just around the corner. So when you experience these setbacks one after another, be compassionate with yourself because the breakdown ultimately does lead to the breakthrough. Now to go deeper into this question of how to stay motivated after a setback, I brought together Team Recovery Warriors for a chat on this topic so you can get different perspectives on how they stay motivated after experiencing a setback or relapse in their recovery process. So before we dive in, let me introduce you to Madeline, Manaya, Miriam, and Andrea, one by one, so you can put a voice to the name.
1: I am Madeline. I am the brand designer, and I'm responsible for making our company vision come to life and build connections in our community to share all of our resources.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Minaya. I'm the director of marketing here at Recovery Warriors team. I'm responsible for helping our Warriors connect to our resources and discover our educational programs.
3: My name is Miriam, and I'm the chief editor, which means I'm responsible for all the editorial content on Recovery
1: Warriors.
4: Hi, I'm Andrea. I am the podcast producer for Recovery Warriors Shows, and I am responsible for scheduling guests and ultimately growing our network of shows.
0: I'm seriously so proud of each and every one of these women and the work they have done this year. It's been an absolute dream come true to work with such a talented team. Check out Recovery Warriors to see what we've done in the relatively short period of time. It's like to me, just so beautiful. So beautiful. I just want to cry when I look at our website right now. It's so beautiful. The new branding, the connection to treatment that works, podcast show notes that pair as in-depth articles. Y'all, we are like totally innovating in this space. Do you ever know any other podcast where you go on and you listen to a show and then you can go find an article that freaking is well-researched backed, has tons of information, listen to a podcast and then go onto the website and see an article that totally reflects everything that was said so you don't miss a beat. You can always go back and say, wait, what did they say? Oh yeah, we have an article to match that. Oh my gosh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. And we have just created the daily growth habit for you. The Daily Growth Habit is a free gift that we've created for you in order to stay motivated in your recovery. It is a private library of audio affirmations that are designed to help you retrain your brain and let go of eating disorder thoughts. You can listen to them right from your favorite podcast player, and they are perfect for multitasking and can be listened to while you're washing your dishes, making your bed, going for a walk, driving your car. You don't have to be all owned out, lying down with a lavender iPad on your eyes in order to get the benefits of listening to these affirmations. They are really designed to help go into your subconscious mind. You can listen to them anywhere or anytime you want to nurture new thoughts into existence. In order to get access, you need to request an invitation. Go to recoverywarriors.com habit to get hooked up for free. No credit card necessary. Just fill in your info and request a free invitation. And on top of continually adding more affirmations to the daily growth habit, we have more goodness lined up for you to recover strong in the months to come. In the meantime, get yourself in on the daily growth habit by going to recoverywarriors.com habit. All my beautiful team. Today, we're going to be covering a question that comes up so often in recovery, and that is, how do I stay motivated after a setback? Manaya. Well, I found that
2: when I, when I had a setback, it was easy for me to get kind of stuck in that really difficult cycle where I was beating myself up. And the more I beat myself up, the worse I feel and the worse I feel, the the harder it was for me to get out of that. And that wasn't encouraging me stopping the behaviors. That was encouraging actually staying in the unhealthy behaviors. So when I was in the cycle, what would be really helpful for me would was doing something that would take me out of, of that mindset and in a more positive one. So for me, I, I love nature. So I love going for walks. I love going to the beach, being in the forest, doing trekking, all these kinds of things. So if whenever it was possible for me, I would go for a walk, like I would just take my phone maybe play some music or a podcast or even nothing just 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 listen to my to my own thoughts and my feelings and being outside and start paying attention to what was around me so instead of being ruminating and all those fear and 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 aggressive thoughts and and all those all that self criticism start paying attention to what was around and you know, just looking at a tree, looking at the leaves, looking, listening to the sound of the birds—all of that helped me to to get myself out of the of the thoughts and more into the present moment, more into what was around me. And something I did too, when it was possible, was changing my environment. So if I was in that vicious cycle. It was really hard for me to break it if I was doing the same thing that I was doing before, no? So whenever I could, I would, yes, maybe plan, like go on a, on a, on a trip uh, or go, go spend the day somewhere, go to the theater, go to the movies, spend a day with a friend, take a mini trip, do something that takes me out of that cycle and out of the repetitive thoughts. And brings me back to to pay attention to something else, which is not the eating disorder. I like that. So, it's like connection in a sense, like connection with nature,
0: connection with other people, being more in your senses, activating senses. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
4: For me, for how I would handle setbacks, was stepping away from a black and white mentality with recovery, because when you grow up with you know diet culture and trying to diet, and trying to lose weight, and engaging in different eating disorder behaviors. For me, it was easy to apply that to recovery as well. So I would, in early recovery, I would associate certain behaviors or certain mindsets with being good, or I'm saying that with quotes, being good, or being in recovery mode. And if I engaged in a behavior, then it's like I'm off the wagon. And that was very toxic for me because it was just more all-or-nothing Black and white. And that's not really what recovery was for me in the long run. So, embracing that no matter what I'm doing, (laughs) what behaviors I'm engaging in, or what I'm feeling, I am in recovery. Recovery is always there because I have made the decision. And uh, embracing that it's a journey, it's going to ebb and flow. And This is probably the one millionth time you're going to hear this, but recovery is not linear. And if you haven't heard it a million times yet, you (laughs) will. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) And just because I had a setback or I engaged in a behavior or I felt a certain way, it would help to look back at, well, okay, yes, that did happen, but I would look back at the positive signs of recovery or the successes that I've had. So looking at How far I've come rather than how far I have to go when experiencing a setback helped a ton, as well as just embracing that recovery is gray area. It's not black and white. It's all over the place. It's going to be different every day, every moment. Some days it'll be two steps back, one step forward. Some days it'll feel like one leap forward. And that's normal. And That didn't feel normal at first because I was so used to black and white. But it is a journey of the gray area. I love that.
0: How about we just call it rainbow? That sounds more fun than gray. <laughs> oh, what you say? rainbow! I was saying, what about a rainbow? It's not black I like that, white. I like that better. Let me use that. <laughs> it's every color of
4: the rainbow. That's so much better.
1: I, I totally love that, and it's funny because I had the exact same kind of formulation in my mind of you know recognizing that it's not black and white because like so for me when I think about like the setback I. My mind kind of separated into these two phases where it was kind of when I was really still in the eating disorder versus when I was in recovery. So when I was in the eating disorder, it wasn't linear either. I'm sure a lot of other people have that same experience because for some months it's better, some months it's worse. And I know that when I was in it, I definitely had that super black and white, all or nothing mindset, right? So it was kind of this idea of, oh, I, I failed, I screwed it up, forget it. Like, and I would also like, the way I would deal with it though is so funny because you sort of tell yourself in your mind, you're like, okay, but well, this was the last time. This is never going to happen again. Now, this time, I'm really going to like, get on it and I'm not going to do it again. And then it does happen again. And then you really feel like an idiot because you're like, oh, you know, I swore I wasn't going to do it again. So that was really, you know, unhelpful, unproductive. And then when I really started to be more in recovery and I experienced still, you know, setbacks. I mean, first of all, I do have to say that having a team, having a support system in that journey was just so, so important for me. So I was able to text my, my coach, my therapist. And when I was feeling, you know, like, oh, now I need to stop or I need to not eat because I did that, you know, I sh- she would kind of talk me through that. So having that support um, that worked for me. But I also feel like this is where a lot of that inner work that we talk about too sort of comes in and where you do start to embrace, like Andrea says, that it's not all or nothing or black and white, that I don't have to make it mean something if I do fail. Again, not bringing that perfectionist mindset into it, which is kind of for me what it was, right? This idea that, okay, well, if I'm doing recovery, I have to do perfect. And if I'm not doing it perfect, then I'm somehow failing or I'm not good or I'm bad. And that's sort of part of what's putting me in that position in the first place, right? So to kind of talk to yourself and talk myself through it and kind of be like, okay, but Maddie, it's okay. And like Andrew says, recovery is still going to be there tomorrow. You're not not in recovery because this happened. It happened. Okay, let's move on. Do the best that you can with what you have. And that's all that you can do.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's really about like embracing imperfection. It, it, and the imperfection of it, like, cause that is what it is. It, you're never going to do recovery perfectly.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I kind of agree with most things that you guys all said. I think for me, the main thing with setbacks was to really, first of all, acknowledge that it was a setback. So like, instead of beating myself up over it, like, Oh, it just didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So try to just be like neutral about it and be like, okay, this is a setback and then try to see what I could learn from it. Like, why did it happen? Maybe there was a reason, sometimes there's not. And maybe try to see like, if there's anything I could take away from that or learn from that and then apply that to the future. So because of the tendency to be like upset with yourself and you have a setback, like I know Minaya mentioned nature for me, like going on walks or listening to music from the 90s, early 2000s is always like, it's really, it makes me feel really <laughs> happy to listen to Nick Carter for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> are like, uh, so you know in order to just feel better and then really just try to move forward again because you know setbacks will happen so in order to overcome like what can you learn from it and then get yourself together and continue on that journey move forward
4: that would be my main thing i love the NSYNC callback. And- <laughs> Oh, it bye, took everything bye, in me bye. to not start singing. <laughs> Can't have <help. Bye>,
0: <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, music, yeah. Music can definitely be so healing.
3: It just reminds me of this. I think for me, like music from that time really reminds me of these years that I was so happy. And so I felt so like carefree at the time. Like I go to concerts, we would go out with friends, go to Greece. Like in Europe, everyone went to Greece at the time. Like to go to these like vacations. And so I always feel like I go back in that time and I listen to music from that time. I'm like, feel like 15 again. It's like kind of a good feeling. It's kind of nice to feel yeah. 15.
0: That like nostalgia. Totally. Yeah. I loved it all you guys, because I think it pieces it kind of all together that there's actual, actionable things you can do, go out in nature, schedule something that can allow you to get out of the rumination. So have something on your calendar or Connect with the senses in nature or with music and the managing of expectations around it, that it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be I'm recovered or I'm not recovered now just because I had this setback. And I find that all of those were super helpful for me as well. And one thing that really, I guess, a few things that didn't get mentioned that were also helpful for me were um, yeah, well, the managing of expectations was a big one. So to just recognize that it doesn't have to be now it doesn't have to be this time doesn't mean that it's never going to happen but i would often to kind of with madeline saying like i'm like it has to be this time like you know i it's now or never you know like and that's why i guess i never really did well with the whole oa cuz i tried to go to like overeaters anonymous and eating disorder anonymous as a way to build connection and be less isolated but it was this kind of abstinence model where you have you're back to day one. And I know for some people that does wonders in their recovery, whether it's from alcoholism or substance abuse and even with eating disorders, but Overeaters Anonymous was pretty strict on like what they would consider abstinence. And you know, in my model, all foods fit. So I didn't really subscribe to, to that. You Did know. they
4: weigh you at those meetings? I've heard that they weigh you.
0: Um, not the meetings I went to, no. But it was pretty much like no sugar, no white flour, like all. So it it had a lot of diet mentality interlaced in it, and so that didn't work for me because I I was you know working with this intuitive eating model and all foods fit, but I also just didn't like that idea. Like I'm back to square one because it can feel like, gee, like I often would get this like sensation of a setback that I'm like climbing out of this like I always felt like I was in a hole, and I was like trying to climb my way out of this like earthy whole muddy hole. And then I would just like slide back down to the start. Like I couldn't ever get that like pull to finally get out of it. And what helped me eventually get out of it was to get help, to get support because I could process what happened. And I would also then have to be able to admit to the setback, admit to what what went wrong in a sense. Like what did I learn from this? And when I was able to have someone to mirror that with, to talk, that helped me look at, okay, what was the learning lesson here? So I always, any setback in life, I always look at, well, what did I learn from that? Because I don't think you lose, you learn. As long as you can take what was the learning lesson in that and then apply it. And sometimes you get the same learning lesson over and over and that's okay because that's a learning lesson that's important for you to really get down in life. And it doesn't matter if you you have to, like sometimes you take a test multiple times before you pass. And that was what I found is like, okay, I'm learning this lesson And journaling was really helpful for me. I personally love to journal and write out my thoughts. And so the journal would be another way to connect with, okay, what happened? What am I thinking? And in my journal writing, I really took this voice of compassion into it. So I would say everything that was wrong, everything that I was so upset about. And then I would essentially compassionately coach myself or reparent myself in the moment with loving words of gentle, loving words of kindness and being able to say, like, you know what, it's okay. I believe in you. And that was really the what I needed in that moment was to feel that I was being witnessed and supported. And so you can't always just book a a session with your therapist. Oftentimes you only have one a week or if that, if you're fortunate enough to have one a week. And then so for me, my journal essentially became my way to connect with that, the inner voice of compassion and coaching and cheerleading that I really needed. And I would say that that helped motivate me because it would often give me like the next step, which would then be go for a walk or connect with somebody and try to get out of that isolation. And also just to bring back, okay, uh, a war isn't won in a single battle. So there's going to be multiple times that I'm going to have to attempt to go after this and it's okay. If I didn't get it right on the first time, the second time, the hundredth time, like you can have, what was it? I think it's Thomas Edison found that I didn't fail. I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. And if you can have that mindset, you guys are all kind of smiling because that's in our click up, right? When you like finish your notifications, do you guys see that one? (laughs) So we have this like project management tool that we use, and when you clear all your notifications, you get a little quote. And I like, I like live for
4: those quotes. I'm like, yes! <laughs> Which one? Oh my god, I hoard my notifications. I keep them, so <laughs> I need to clear them so I can see. Oh <laughs> no, I'm like inbox zero notifications because I want to see my quote. <laughs> I have to check it out now. <laughs> oh my god, yeah.
0: I mean, am I the only one? There's some good ones. There's some motivating ones. No, no, no. Wait, I wait. love That's it. Fun. I love
1: it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: So that's one that comes up. I I haven't found, uh, I haven't haven't failed. I've just, I haven't found 10,000 ways that don't work. But when you can have that mindset with a setback and be like, that didn't work. Okay, next, let me try again. Let me try again. Or that proverb of fall down seven times, get up eight. I really think that's the key is just to have this like an indomitable like will and spirit. Like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to try again and nothing can hold me. Nothing can hold me back. I have an unbreakable spirit. I can make this happen and I have to have patience. That's the biggest piece for me and my staying motivated after setbacks because I can be a somewhat of an impatient person And that kind of goes into the impulsivity around an eating disorder and just like wanting something to happen now. And that space of where I am and where I want to be can feel so painful, that longing from being where Mm -hmm. I am and where I want to be. It just can, oh, that can feel so intense, which can almost activate the urge to engage in a behavior. But for me to just say, okay, patience, there's power in patience. I can be a patient person. And I can do this. So for me, really holding this idea of patience matched with self-compassion and matched with just honoring that I can learn from this, I can be a student of this experience, all help me to stay motivated after a setback. And uh, yeah, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. So, all right. Any last motivation after setbacks advice? We'll close on this.
4: Okay. Mine's short and sweet. Recovery is a... Marathon, not a sprint. I love it. Yeah,
1: I love that. And I also feel like what we're what we just talked about kind of made me reminded me also of this idea of like trusting that every little persistent action step that you take is doing something, does have some kind of an effect. And even when sometimes and this this goes for anything in life, not just recovery, even when sometimes it feels on the outside like nothing's happening and you can't see yet that it's happening, something's happening. So Consistency over perfection every time. I
0: love that. Yeah. Well, you said Madeline reminds me of this kind of idea of like spirals of manifestation in life. Like we think that it, sometimes we are so close to having something click, but we need that step back in order for us to kind of really get the lesson. Or there's just these times where like the image I love to call to mind too is well, there's two actually. One goes along more with what Andrea was saying about it's a marathon, not a sprint is I absolutely love the story of the tortoise and the hare. And that is like my go-to, because like I said, patience. I'm the tortoise. In life, I am the tortoise. I am a late bloomer. I own it, I accept it, and I love it now, because I understand that the more it takes me to really master something, that I ultimately win. So I even have on my little board a a turtle saying, F yeah, I won. (laughs) That's kind of my little turtle being like, you know what? The tortoise wins the race in the end. So it is okay to be slow. It is okay to make it feel like this is the longest thing that's taken you years and years and years to get to where you want to be. Own it, love it, embrace it. There's so much power in, in that patience and learning along the way. And then the other one is more of this idea around a flower, I love to like draw this once again when I'm journaling and I feel like, dang, I wish this happened like yesterday. <laughs> or, like, I wish I could have this now and it's still like not there in, in, in my life. And I draw a flower and I always just draw different stages of the evolution, the blooming of a flower because you can be a late bloomer. But if you're trying to force the flower open before it's ready, then you're ultimately like, the process can't unfold. So you have to have this natural unfolding, which in many times in recovery is just certain points of awareness of understanding. Like, oh, wait, dieting doesn't work. Ooh, the flower starts to open more. Oh, wait, I don't have to be everything to everybody. Oh, wait, the flower starts to open a little bit more. So the more you like reach these points, it's like the flower starts to open more and more and more, but it can't open until you get to certain levels. So that's kind of going with what you're saying, Madeline, of like, there's these points that you have to reach a spiral essentially i find in this manifestation or awareness that then you start to to open up to the next phase the next point in your evolution and your growth and your recovery so
4: i'm also thinking of like combining both of what you said cuz madeline mentioned like sometimes you may not see or feel like you're making progress but you are and also thinking of like a flower or a plant like you plant that seed you may not see it sprout for a while but it's happening. It's growing. <laughs> it's going on. So just because you can't see it or notice it doesn't mean the growth is not happening. Yeah. I,
1: I was just gonna say that. <laughs> and I was gonna say like that's always my my visual too. It's kind of the mix of both of you. It's like the flower and then imagining that, you know, it needs to like set its roots. It needs to find its foundation so that it can actually get all those nutrients and, and have that solid foundation to grow into the beautiful expression of itself that it
0: can. Yes. And that's why I absolutely love working with the lunar cycle because the new moon is when we plant seeds. That's when we're like setting a new intention. So every month, this is another way that's really helped me with staying motivated after setbacks is that I'll have a setback. Okay, there's a new moon, new beginning, fresh start, plant the seed again, or look at the seeds that I already planted. And how am I nurturing those? Because eventually it is true that our root structure is ultimately what's going to support our growth. So if we can tend to the roots then we can get good fruits, but if we're not focusing on growing the root system strong and really anchoring in, then you know, it's harder to really have that, that growth. But it is invisible for so much of the time, where you're literally like, "I don't see anything growing." <laughs> and know, but she will.: are, Yes, you will. You will, with patience, perseverance and continue nurturing
4: care. I love recovery analogies. <laughs> I mean, we no, we they're like they're the there. <laughs> we got a million. We'll keep them coming. We have the tortoise, the tortoise, the farmer. <laughs>
3: yes. The tortoise was new to me.
4: Oh, what you never heard of that book? No. Have you heard the phrase slow and steady wins the race? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's from that book. It's about um a tortoise and a hare. So you would think that the hare, because it's really fast, would win the race, but the tortoise wins cause it takes it slow and steady. Okay, so for
3: a second I thought this was one of Jessica's own
4: personal <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's like a popular children's book. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting better and better of these analogies? <laughs> yeah, we're going to credit her. She wrote that book. <laughs> uh, I'll take all the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won.
0: <laughs> no, that wasn't one of my analogies. <laughs> but it's a good one. I, they, you didn't learn that in the Netherlands, honey. Huh? No, yep. I, I guess never. not.
4: It's <laughs> <In their> a <laughs> popular kids book. You could read it to your kids. Yes. Yes. Oh, look i look at it, it.
0: Up. Oh, it's so funny. Well, Thank you so much for being here. I loved hearing you guys' perspectives on, on staying motivated after setbacks. And thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.